Climate Justice, Y'all, a podcast dedicated to lifting up and centering the climate and environmental justice movement in the South. Despite the South being the most biodiverse, diverse, and one of the largest economic engines in the world, we are underfunded and often barred from the decision-making table. Because of that, we decided to pull up a chair and amplify the stories of communities in the South that are hit the hardest by the climate crisis. We're using good old-fashioned storytelling to shine a spotlight on these Southern leaders from all walks of life, putting in their blood, sweat, and tears to transform the region. The usage of y'all in the title is on purpose. We are honoring our Southern heritage of creativity, resilience, and ingenuity. Climate justice, y'all. It's real, it's here, and it's about time. Y'all hear what we have to say. Welcome to the Climate Justice Y'all podcast. I am Alexander Easthill, Executive Director of the Southeast Climate and Energy Network, calling in from New Orleans, beautiful New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm at the U.S. Climate Action Network, well, several of us are, annual meeting. And we're taking a little bit of a break here um, to talk with Sens Abigail Franks, of Southeast Climate and Energy Network, you know, means Sen and Marisha Malcolm of the People's Justice Council. All right, these two really awesome interviewers uh, and thought leaders within our, our, our network in this project. And we wanna ask the two of you real quick, this is, we're entering year three um, of this podcast that by the way, we've done, and you have done an amazing job with, and we're talking balling on a budget, all right? But, you know, I, I wanna hear first of all, Two things, a couple of things, and then obviously I'd like my, my colleagues to introduce themselves, but one, the theme of the first year, the theme of the second year, we've interviewed, and you have interviewed some amazing, amazing people, amazing leaders um, throughout the Southeast and, and elsewhere. So just give a summary of those two, how, how they relate, what they were like, um, and then talk about your experience a little bit, some of the things that you've learned, and then we can maybe from there go into a conversation about what this season uh, could look like and should look like. But I'll pause there, and before you all even answer that question, I'd like to go ahead and pass it to uh, Mr. Michael Hansen, who is the chair of the SENS board and also the executive director of GASP. So, Michael, I'll pass it to you. Hey, y'all, this is Michael Hansen um, here in New Orleans as well with Alex and uh, Marisha and uh, Reverend Malcolm. Uh, at the U.S. Can Annual Meeting, um, learning a lot, getting to know some people, very involved in the climate justice movement. Um, like Alex said, I'm Executive Director of GASP and uh, just so happened to also be the chair of the Southeast Climate and Energy Network Board. Uh, so I'm happy to be here and take part in this conversation. Uh, Rev, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Malcolm, People's Justice Council, Alabama Interfaith Power and Light. Uh, I'm based in Birmingham, but I, like uh, Hanson and, and uh, Alex have said, we chilling here in New Orleans, uh, getting it done, uh, not just for uh, us, but for our communities and the cosmos. And so I'm excited about being here. I'm also excited about being on this particular podcast with two of the best hosts uh, featuring in a podcast, period, 
and I'll stand on that, and I'm almost willing to fight you about it if I had to. Uh, I'm so grateful for Abigail and Marasia and how they've carried us for these uh, past two years. Coming up on year three, and I'm excited about what we're getting ready to do uh, for year three. And I look forward to having a conversation with Abigail and Marasia. I'll turn it over to Abigail and Marasia now and let them introduce themselves, even though you know them and the world knows them because they are worldwide and all the way live. I look forward to hearing from you all. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm literally, okay, y'all, I'm not gonna lie. As much as I love what y'all are saying, I think they're a little biased because one is the father of one of the co-hosts and one is the <laughs> boss of the other co-host. So I, I appreciate it though. And like, that's our goal. We're trying to talk about this. We're trying to be thought leaders. We're, you know, we're kind of new, but we're, we're working on it. So I appreciate it. Um, Listen, Abby, we are here. Okay. We are here and we're here to stay. Come on now. Come period. on now. No, period, period. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, hey y'all, my name's Abigail Franks. Um, I feel like we've already discussed this, but I am 25 years old in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm born and raised in Alabama all my life. If you can't tell, by the way, I say Alabama. Um, I went to UAB, studied political science. Um, grew up in a really small rural town in North Alabama and have recently reconnected with my Appalachian roots a little bit or Appalachian, depending on who, what, whatever you say. Um, and yeah, just glad to be here. I'll pass it to Marisha before we talk about the podcast. Cool beans. Hey y'all, this is Marisha Malcolm. Um, I'm with the People's Justice Council based in Birmingham, Alabama. I am 21 years old. I also attend UAB. I study business management and entrepreneurship. Um, I am looking forward to graduating spring 24. Woo, 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 woo. But yeah, let's get on into it. Season three, y'all, we're here. Yeah, um, and first, I know Raisha can't wait to graduate, send all the good vibes her way. She's killing it though, she's killing it, she's she's fine. She doesn't need the vibes, but the vibes are no, Send the vibes, please, I'm trying to yeah. get up out of here, y'all. Yeah, it's been, it's been a lot, but yeah, the, so the first season, let's throw back to 2021. The, the whole point of this podcast was essentially to uplift well, there were like several key components, uplifting frontline leaders um, in the South, amplifying their voices, um, talking about the unique realities that we deal with here, and to also talk about the solutions that we are proposing, pushing for, moving forward, and to show that the South isn't what the stereotypes say. It can be. Don't get me wrong, y'all. It can be. But I can guarantee the South is one of the most beautiful and complex regions in the world, in my opinion. I'm also biased, but so like the first season focused on highlighting the unique um, realities of the issues we face around things like water, lands and forest, energy, economy, democracy, huge buckets. But um, they tend to hopefully encompass what we want to transform in this region. And so that's kind of like what the first season focused on. And Raisha, can you talk about the second season real quick? 
Of course, I'll bring it in. So the second season, we brought in elders all the way down to youth. And we had enlightening conversations about just some of the work that they were doing or that they are doing here in the South. Um, we got to know people like Justin J. Pearson. We got people from uh, the PSN, uh, Jasmine. We brought her in. And we just had great conversations through from people throughout the South. I mean, I think you should go a little bit more in about it, um, Abby. I think you got a little bit more. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just because I'm a nerd about this kind of stuff. And Jasmine, they are, like, yeah, I mean, they're an amazing person. All the people we talked to were amazing, which, by the way, Justin J. Pearson is running for office in Tennessee. One, yep. And we literally said on the podcast, hey, Justin J. Pearson, whenever you run for office, please let us know. And then, like, literally a month later, he was like, I'm running for office. And so, like... Yeah. Pretty dope. But we talked about everything from indigenous rights and healing, the importance of listening to our elders and the youth in this movement, Appalachian just transition, rural energy democracy, disaster resilience, and the intersection of faith and climate. And we talked about those things because that's what the listeners wanted to talk about. Y'all suggested it, so we followed it. And that's kind of what we're doing with the third season, but we want to folk we not only want to listen to what y'all want to hear and like kind of explore what y'all want to hear, but we want to focus on solutions and not just, uh, my Nana calls it wallering. You're not going to just waller in the like, uh, problems that we're dealing with. We want to push forward for the solutions. Um, and so Rachel, do you want to, do you have anything else to add to that? Cause I can talk about this all day. <laughs> I don't have anything to add, but of, of course we got our, three leaders in Michael, my dad, Alex and Michael. And I think that we should get a little bit started. You know, let's see what they have to say. Actually, I'm gonna bounce that back on to you all because uh -oh. you just talked about you just talked about um, your season three and you're looking forward to season three and looking at solutions. And I guess my question for you all as hosts is looking back first, before we look ahead, looking back first at season one and season two, um, in particular season two, what were some of your most memorable moments that you had during those times? Um, I can, I'll jump in. I think season two was one of my, was one of my favorite seasons that we've done, although we only done two so far. But um, I, I just enjoyed the conversations, especially with the younger folks, just because I connected with them just a bit more. Um, and in in our fight for uh, in this climate crisis. Um, yeah, I enjoyed talking to them the most. I think some of the most memorable conversations that I've had was with uh, one being Justin J. Pearson. Um, he just came in and he brought a whole different vibe of just like Black Panther. It was it was just giving all the vibes and I just I enjoyed talking to him so much. Uh, he definitely brought a different perspective in this thing for me. Um, Abby, I'll let you I'll let you jump in. Oh Lord, what are the most <laughs> memorable things? It's bold of me to remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. However, <laughs> however, <laughs> um. I think a couple of highlights for me was one, um, the disaster resilience in Puerto Rico, mm. what, what's going on there and talking about 
like at having candid conversations about what it means to live through disaster, but to also pick up the pieces and keep moving. Um, and that's something a lot of Southerners can relate to, even though Puerto Rico, you know, they're like not Southern, but they're part of our community, like the Gulf South community. And so, but we have a lot in common. Um, I also loved hearing um, Dr. Tammy Greer and um, Maya Henderson talk about indigenous healing and rights with Maya talking about carbon colonialism, which I had never heard of ever, ever. But it makes sense. We learned a lot that episode. We did learn a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And like, but also Dr. Tammy talking about how the earth provides us, like she really, really honed it down to and provided concrete examples of how the earth provides everything that we would ever need. And like, I knew that, I knew that, but she talks, like she specifically talked about how every illness has a plant that treats that illness Mm -hmm. there is there and that's a very and to me that means that the earth loves me too and that really solidified things for me i also loved talking about i mean okay you know i'm gonna stop there i'm gonna stop there but it was it was great it was yeah, y'all, y'all, she was ready to ramble on. I don't think y'all caught it. <laughs> I know, y'all, it's, yeah. And so I learned a lot. And to the people that we, if we don't mention your names in this podcast, um, like in this specific episode, know that we are literally standing on the backs of the knowledge that you provide us. So like, shout out to y'all. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. 100%. And um, Rev, did that answer it? Or are you going to throw it right back at us again? I mean, I'll continue to throw it back, but I would love to hear uh, from Alex and Hanson instead of just me being the only one talking. You don't want to hear me all day. Well, I'll just, I'll weigh in and tell y'all what stood out to me. Um, I I live in Birmingham now, but I'm a native Memphian. I was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. And um, I've actually been following Justin's fight uh, with the community in Memphis. Uh, since the beginning, uh, because it's my home. And um, so watching him from afar and all of the community uh, members and groups working together to defeat the Bihelia pipeline was really instrumental for me because it actually was the first time I felt connected to that movement and our movement in Memphis. Um, And during that process of watching uh, Justin and crew fight the Bihelia pipeline, I learned that my family is receiving uh, lease dollars from methane gas extraction in Memphis in a majority black neighborhood. And they owned the land where uh, the landfill now sits. So I had this reckoning with my my ancestors um, over the past century who are financially benefiting from the fossil fuel industry, landfills, environmental racism. And so, getting all that connected at one time last year was it was a it was a wake-up call it was really personal so um that's just one reflection that i would like to share i don't know if anyone else has any uh reflections abigail i'm only my hand is raised because i like (laughs) yes yes let's talk about how like hurt hold on hold on let me let me slow down let me slow down that's some serious 
ancestral work that you're doing, Michael Hansen, um, to fight something that normally, if you were anyone else, um, you could be benefiting from this. You could be like directly tied to the fossil fuel industry, but you're fighting it. And it just, you know, I've been hearing a lot about ancestral work um, among black, brown, indigenous folks um, in this space. And I struggle to resonate with that because um, I come from 200 years of extreme poverty and really deeply entrenched racism. Um, and I felt like I couldn't connect to my ancestors that way because I was like, I don't want to talk to them anyway. But that just, it really like, that really just honed it in and I wanted to flag that. So that's amazing. Yeah, thank you, um, I'll continue. Oh, go ahead, Michael, go ahead. You go, no, you go ahead, you go ahead. No, I'm looking at some of the people that we interviewed last year, you know, um, Teresa Ramos, um, you know, we have faith leaders like Corey Norred, you know, uh, Georgia Interfaith Power Light. Who I was hanging out with last night here at US Can, by the way. Uh, Catherine Coleman Flowers in season one. Our very first episode was with Michael Malcolm, myself, and Kalepi Shambhalo, who is the head of Taproot Earth, and they lead the, the Gulf South for, for a Green New Deal initiative that we're part of. Um, and countless, we had a public service commissioner interviewed, so completely different perspective. Uh, Brent Bailey from Mississippi. Uh, and I'm starting to put some names out there because I think it's important for people to hear some a sample of some of the amazing people that we've interviewed and very diverse perspectives and in some cases not completely, you know, I don't say contradictory, but different uh, viewpoints. And we are at the end of the day a network. Uh, we are a pluralistic society. Um, so, and this is a space for that, even though clearly we're, we have a very, very clear mission and vision. Uh, and that is to protect our planet, be kinder to it. Um, you know, I think you mentioned a minute ago that there's a plan for every disease. I mean, I, it almost feels like it's all perfect except for us. Um, and I think we got to step up our game, you know, as a species, uh, because we're destroying things. Uh, that have no no reason to be destroyed whatsoever. Um, so, Abigail, you quit very quickly, and this is your temperament. You wanted to jump to solutions, and I say that with love because, you know, I the same way. Um, and I like to go there. You know, I'll just put this out there, and I I'm actually gonna go directly to Mauritius in a second, but. I have a suggestion that maybe in this season um, and ASAP, we have conversations about funding that's available uh, for communities and how to get that to them and how they can access that. Because there is an opportunity that many don't know about for a lot of money that if it doesn't go to where it's meant to go, it will go somewhere else to the people that follow these things and know how to get it. Um, so that's a suggestion for the two of you ASAP stay on top of us to get you the interview with somebody um, that can provide us with a lot of information. Um, so, Mauritia, well, for the two, for you, you know, being, how you're still in college, you know, I feel bad. I mean, think about myself when I was your age, I wasn't doing anything like this, like I promise you. Um, I was pretty much misbehaving. But what what's another takeaway from you, uh, for you, being a very young person um, that we need to hear from, need to learn and lean on 
and a future leader. Um, you know, you've talked to a lot of really, really impressive people. What, what are a few takeaways, personal takeaways for you? Well, first of all, let me say, I spend a lot of my early childhood misbehaving. So I think as I've gotten older, I'm like, I got to mature a little bit. I got to grow up, okay? So <laughs> I'm taking that time and I'm doing just that. <laughs> and I am using some of the tools and the people around me to keep long, to keep growing, to keep being inspired. And I just, I enjoy having older people and more wise people around around me. That's how I've been pretty much my entire life. Um, so some of the takeaways that I've, that I've gained from these people are honestly just the different views on life. I've, I've never, I've never just taken time to study, to study the earth and to study all what we have that's grounded here in the earth. And knowing that we have these different solutions literally that grow in the back of our yard because we are in the South and we do have great soil for growing crops and all types of things. So uh, just to know that we have those things in our backyard is is amazing. Like I can go in my backyard right now and I could pick up a little flower and I can go make a tea. I can go and do that. So I, I enjoy I enjoy learning new 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 things. Um, and that's why I enjoy doing this podcast because every day, all the time, I'm learning something new. I'm here at US Can and I'm hearing people talk that I've never even I've never even met before. So I'm I'm having a great time. I, I really truly am. <laughs> Thank you. That's all right, right there. That's all right. <laughs> um you all um you all interviewed Catherine Coleman Flowers. And that is for us, especially in the EJ movement, um, an Alabama hero uh, because of her fight in, in the Black Belt. Um, I, I speak with her sometimes. I can't say I speak with her as much as I used to. She's gotten extremely busy and so have I. Um, but and, and I find her to be a fascinating uh, individual. I'm wondering how you felt with interviewing uh, Catherine Coleman Flowers, but you also inter- interviewed my, my mama in the movement, Mama Kathy, Kathy Eglin. And, and, and so just how was it interviewing these, these heroes? And, and I mean, you all have spoken to some powerful uh, movement makers. Uh, how was it interviewing these people? How was your personal experience? Not so much about the the work and how would how did you feel interviewing these stalwarts? Marisha's pointing at me. I don't. I was so excited talking to that Catherine Coleman Flowers let me talk to her that I blacked out. Like I literally. I'm not kidding, y'all. I literally. I had. Marisha's laughing at me, but like. It's true. I literally, my hands were vibrating and I was just like, honestly, I was just like, shit, shit, shit. I gotta like, I have to be smart, but I just want to tell her I love her and give her a hug. And that's, yeah. And that's, it's for any, any of these stars, I'm just in shock mainly um, and humbled, extremely humbled. I'll pass it to Marisha. I would first start off saying that, um, I, I am a black woman and I am proud to be black. So hearing other black women speak on their experience and how their um, 
and their tribulations and things like that, it, it, it spoke to me and it resonated with me the most. Um, I, as much as I would love to say that I had the same experience as Abby, it was not the same only because I'm not, I'm just not a nerd with it like she is. <laughs> 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 that's where we balance that she's a nerd with it and I love that about her so she's able to bring that fire that I'm just not able to but I coming from a black background and being proud and standing in my blackness that that's what really resonated with me because that's where I can relate with these women and yeah absolutely um yeah we're a good balance because Rachel has the chill like We've been homies for years, don't worry about it. And I'm just like, oh my God, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So it's a good balance. Y'all only get the little bit of Abby that y'all y'all just don't see it all. Y'all don't see the facial expressions, the reactions. Y'all just don't get it all. But that lady right there, she is hilarious. I love working with her. <laughs> so <laughs> Oh man. And I love working with you too, Rachel. Uh I see all so I am so, so loving this chemistry. Uh, when when we thought about this podcast, uh, Alex and Michael Hansen and myself, uh, we didn't want to, we didn't want to host. I, I personally feel like I speak enough and, and I'm out there in public enough that it's okay for me not to have this opportunity and to be able to put some young people forward and I was so happy that you all were available and accepted it because not only did I want to put young people forward, but it was important to me to put film energy forward. Um, and, and I think that that is sorely, sorely underappreciated in our movement when in fact it's the film energy that carries this movement and it's that film energy that gets this movement fired up. That being said, I know that Razor just spoke about uh, interviewing these black females, uh, but there weren't just black females that you interviewed. You interviewed other females and other femme energy, not just females, but non-binary uh, individuals. Uh, how do you feel as far as community and building community through this podcast is concerned. How, how effective do you feel that we've been in, in building community? It looks like Marasia had a hand up. I think community is inclusive. So if we were to exclude those people, are we a community? What community are we building? Uh, I, I think that said enough in itself right there. Abby, you got something you want to add on? Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was pretty good. I mean, my only thing is that the old structures of patriarchy that hurts men, women, femme, everybody, the old structures of like, like extreme capitalism to the point that you don't care who you hurt on the way there. That's what got us into this mess to begin with. So intentionally building a community where a bunch of different people are here. For one, fems are leading a lot of spaces, um, especially in this movement, um, or non-binary folks or women or anything like, and this feminine type of leadership, I think is what's going to bring solutions because 
it's more community focused rather than individualistic. And so, yeah, I think y'all have been doing a good job. There's definitely some room for growth. There's always room for growth and we will continue to evolve and adapt. But the first step is being willing to be wrong. And the first step is being willing to let other people have their microphone. So yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Michael Hansen, you got something? Cause I got, I got uh, another question, but you've been me. You no, I just want to take it to, um, cause I don't know how much more time we have here. Um, I want to take it to the next season or this season that's starting out. Um, we talked about solutions, you know, what, who, who did we not interview? Okay. Uh, who, not specific individuals, but who do we need to listen listen from? Uh, in the context of solutions, right? Um, I also want to put a plug uh, for a really cool project that we're going to, speaking of communities, and it's funny because we're in a, in a panel today talking about how you try to propose community solar and it's communities that had 250 homes or less that they were kind of bought in. But when they got bigger than that, then mm, it's a problem. And we kind of took it to, what about New York City, right? Or any other urban areas? But it's New York especially, you go to New York and it's, if you really get to know New York a little bit or cities like that, uh, it's really a collection of little towns, villages in one very big city. Um, it's kind of cool, you know? So that's a couple of things that I'm throwing out there, but yeah, what are y'all thinking about? What are we all thinking about collectively here in terms of who do we need to talk to in terms of what solutions uh, we want to highlight and what opportunities are there that might not be there, you know, for too long. Rachel, do you want to go or do you want me to go? I'll let you take lead with this one. Okay. I've actually been thinking about this a lot because we, we tend to be like, we're very, as a movement, we're very good at pointing out what's wrong, but not mm -hmm. very good at saying what we should do and maybe taking steps towards that. And so... For me, I think we should have a space like a lot of white rural voices think that they don't have anything in common with the black, brown, Latinx, indigenous communities when they do. So we need to be bringing them in. Um, we need to be bringing in more folks who don't, well, maybe not interviewing folks who don't know about how climate change impacts our life, but we need to be making sure this reaches folks that don't un that don't see the intersections and all the webs that we see every day because we're entrenched in it. Um, and so I think we need to be more we need to be more cognizant of that. Uh, Raisha, I'm going to pause here because I have written down a whole bunch of points I want to make when it comes to what solutions I think we should push for and what that should look like but I'm gonna yield for a second and pass it to you. Okay. With you saying all of that, I'm thinking, what if we bring an impacted community, like maybe just a leader from one and then a leader from a grassroots organization, and we have them both in like an episode, uh, and we kind and we set them up and we actually like build a connection between the two. Um, I think that'd be dope. That, that sounds kind of dope to me. Go ahead. Sorry, and then I really would like to hear from Michael Hansen. I'm going to step back after this contribution. Um, two, two ideas here. One, an idea and a plug. 
that I started to plug and then I went off on the tangent. Um, the idea is we could have a debate uh, in a podcast as well around some some issue or controversial issue, what have you, within climate movement. Um, so that's that's an, we've done that before within Sen. Uh, called call the Air It Out series. I think it's very good to inform people of different points of views and have them talk it out and see what commonalities there are, what differences there are, and people can make up their own minds. The other thing is uh, we are actually going to be going to communities, um, seven confirmed, hopefully up to 13 in four states called uh, Southern, Sent for Southern Communities. Uh, originally it was called a bus tour, but we, we gave it a sexier name, um, or we think it's a sexier name. But we're going to go to communities in Florida, Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi uh, to visit shovel-ready projects that are all community-based, that are all all being implemented uh, by community leaders uh, in in those in those regions, many of those rural regions. Uh, and most of these projects are being implemented or going to be implemented by people of color, uh, women-led organizations, and what have you. So really cool stuff. So we look forward to that. And I just wanted to do a shameless plug here because this will be my last contribution to this particular podcast. So thank you, Abigail and Marisha, for your amazing um, leadership and, and work doing this. And it's a lot of fun to hear you both. And thank you, Michael, Michael Mal Reverend Michael Malcolm and my good friend, Michael Hansen, for being such partners and friends and thought leaders with me and many, many, uh, many of us. So I'll pass it to you, Michael, Michael Hansen. Appreciate that. Um, let's see, I want to go back to the question you were just asking uh, a minute ago about uh, what we would like to see this season uh, going forward. And I want to tie it back to what I was saying earlier about Memphis. Um, learning about Justin's fight in the community in South Memphis and the pipeline, um, it made me remember my home uh, town and uh, see how this fight is uh, playing out there and our movement is showing up there. And um, it's it was a reminder to me that we see, uh, we win when we find humanity and community in one another. Even if we're not in the same community, we're all part of one broader community. And so something I've been thinking about is what, what would it look like for us to bring in some people that don't live in the US South, but live in the global South and to share their stories about um, what the climate justice fight looks like in the global south and find commonality with those places and those people um, and we can find better solutions when we learn from each other so that's one thing i'd love to see and <clears throat> excuse me um, I would also love to um, have some more creative conversations about, you know, science and what, what are things that are trending and emerging in schools, universities and laboratories and what's, what's, what's on the horizon in 10 years from now. So maybe we can start playing, fiddling around in those conversations a little bit. I see that's heavily resonating with Alex. Uh, Rev, do you want to plug in what you want solutions to look like real quick? And then... I can give my spiel and then we can call it wraps because this was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. It's easy to talk to y'all, so. <laughs> I'm assuming that we just had a whole lot to say. That's all that is. Um, I, I agree and build on um, what Michael Hansen and Alex have said. I think the two are, are married together. Um, we both, we look both at our Southern 
uh, conditions, but also looking further at our international and our global South conditions. Uh, they all tie in. If you hear the stories, which is what we want to do, we want to bring those stories forward. If you hear the stories, you'll find the commonalities. And when we find the commonalities, we find our foundation for where to fight and, and, and or how to fight. And if we have a common purpose, it keeps us from infighting and fighting the real enemy um, that's seeking to destroy society at large because of its greed and its and, and its consumerism. And, and we will we'll learn that uh, in those that we are all important and we all have significance and agency. And by lifting up those stories and lifting those voices, we validate that significance and that agency. So not, I, I won't tell you I'm looking forward to anything new from you all. I will say I'm looking forward to you keep doing what you're doing because what you're doing is right. And it's, and it's the way that we fight together. So uh, I just look forward to watching you all uh, manifest uh, and, and be all that, be, be great. That's what it is. I, I, I look forward to watching you all manifest and be great. Uh, so that's my appreciation and that's my anticipation. Uh, that's all I've got, y'all. I said I wasn't gonna even say nothing else, but somebody called my name, so I had to speak. Yeah, and thank you for speaking. At that point, y'all, I'm gonna be putting in my two cents of what solutions in the South will be looking like throughout this whole season. So we're just gonna drop it off there. Thank y'all. Um, thank y'all for being here. Thank y'all for being mentors and for believing in us and letting us walk with this. Thanks y'all. That wraps up season. Nope. Mm -mm. That wraps up episode one of season three. Thank y'all for joining us. <laughs> Thank you. Be well. Thank you. Thanks y'all. Peace y'all.